Hey everyone, welcome to episode 8 of the Truthful Podcast. I'm Sam, and as always, I'm here with Jonathan. If you're listening to us, we are now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify for you to listen to us everywhere. And we also put every episode up on YouTube you can check out as well. Today on the podcast, we'll be talking about value, its definition, its application, everything we can think about it. So every week we speak about the enormous amount of wasteful activity that's uh, in in most entities. And I think last week, even Sam mentioned a statistic that about 5% of activity is actually value adding uh, in an organization. So this week, we're going to speak about what is value. Uh, As with most business terms, there's a lot of definitions out there. A lot of people use it very, very loosely. Um, and it's really important that you start thinking about what it is and, and start to classify it, because if you don't know what is value producing, it makes it much harder to identify the wasteful activity. So with that, I'll turn it over to, back to Sam to introduce a definition of value. There is value in like, this is valued at $10, and then there's the value we're talking about. So I'm pausing here so that I can explain what I'm going to use. I don't, there's no other term for it. So I, there's two types of value I'm talking about. There's the value of the podcast topic, which is what is business value. And then there's actually the definition of value in terms of just mathematics, like the value of a, of a thing or a field. So when I say the benefit, two people could value a benefit differently. One person consider a benefit at $10 and some another person, depending on their circumstances and context, consider that same benefit at $20 or $30. It's those subjective differences in how we value particular things that allows the capital V, let's say, value exchange to exist because you want to cap, people are capitalizing on those differences and benefits. And we're going to say costs are usually going to be normalized across some staple like gold, dollars and cents. Hundreds of years ago, you could say it was cows, but it's like something that both people are going to look at and say, this is one cow or this is $10. Um, so I'll, I'll kick usually, it back over, Jonathan. That was a yeah, base. You, usually you also add, you know, like especially in, uh, in the more uh, scientific uh, business uh, literature, we'll, we'll usually see something relating to what the customer is willing to pay for. So, and that's, uh, that's, that's page two of your, of your usual training and, and lean, uh, um, lean training. So I'll let you expand on that for a second. Well, and that's the, that's the perspective. And when we talked about this topic and Jonathan, and I actually just had a rousing discussion on this topic the other day in preparation for the podcast, there is value is when we talk about the customer where that's what we're talking about with business. A lot of times. When we talk about value in the business context, you, we kind of establish a practical context around it to start because otherwise we're just academics talking about value that like me wasting your first two minutes of this podcast, talking about the strictest formal definitions of the different components and how we might calculate it. But to Jonathan's point, if we're talking about a practical rule of thumb, value for a business is always going to be driving customer value and value like talking about the benefits from the customer's perspective it's kind of like a north star in business so while it, i want to i want to be clear it's separate from i think a formal academic definition it's a practical application to always consider are we producing value in parentheses for the customer so if we go back to that exchange i introduced where you say there always has to be two parties 
in business, the parties are typically going to be company and customer. And what you're trying to do is optimize customer value because that as a, as the company and the other side of that exchange, that's also going to give you more room to optimize company value. But we can talk about that as maybe a, a separate topic. I don't want to stray too far from the question posed. And you don't have to worry, you know, everyone listening, um, uh, so much about getting the precise definition. Although we're gonna we're gonna expand on this, you know, as the as the podcast goes on. What you do need to have an idea of is it's the same thing as when we were talking about objective and obje- having an objective and knowing what the why of of your project. At a minimum, you have to know the why of whatever process is occurring. Is ha- you know what's the why of that process, or what's the why of any output that the company's trying to uh, you know to orient around. And value is a good um, uh, is a good area to focus on because ultimately that if you especially if you put the context being the market uh, you know and, and whatever it is that the company is trying to produce for the market that's a very good way of looking at the why and that helps you organize your activity at a minimum even if you don't know exactly every single process that's contributing, you know, ideally to, let's say, let's take the less mathy definition of whatever the customer is willing to pay for, you know, if processes are occurring that are far removed from that. And you know, when somebody's starting to get really particular about some additional activity they want to occur in the organization that ultimately is not generating value for the market, even if, let's say, you don't want to take the definition of value being just about whatever a customer is willing to purchase, you know, or pay for. You, you, you want to say, well, I do a lot of things that are very valuable, or there's a lot of activity going on that's very valuable within the organization that doesn't directly contribute potentially, or seems to be far removed from contributing to whatever the output is that the market's willing to pay for. And so my suggestion was at least be able to see that. So see the distance between activity that's going on and what the market is actually wants your organization to be producing, because that's likely to give you an indication of the relative value of that activity uh, um, and, and put it into some perspective. I agree with that. And, and that's, you know, we basically started with the definition being, as always, it's always very gray. And, there, and, and when you're talking about business value, it can be very complicated. So Jonathan's advice on if you're going to start with the, the premise of, of continuing the conversation of how do I know I'm adding value, you've got to start, let's start backing into it by saying, okay, customer centricity or being able to even create the narrative that Jonathan's talking about is super important. So, you know, it's one kind of way to start practicing this, which is what am I doing on the project? What is the project meant to be accomplishing? And how does that accomplishment drive some sort of customer outcome or a result that's going to be customer interfacing? Because that's your whole chain of thinking. If you get lost in the world of, okay, I'm cog number three and I turn and the machine is going to kind of uh, react this way, but the machine is 10 degrees removed from the customer, you're going to lose sight of the value proposition. Because remember, you're, no matter what, you, where, what your place you're in with the company, you are company when you're doing project work on behalf of company. So that's, again, where we talk about there's always a value exchange happening in practical terms of company provides some service or product to customer, customer buys it, and that exchange should create value for both parties. So if you're doing a project, you have to remember some of the fundamentals we're always talking about. Project is impacting operations, and an operation is meant to be generating that 
good or service for the customer so that the value exchange can occur. So you should always have a clear line of being able to narrate how is my work contributing to a project, which is contributing to operating success, which contributes to customer product, which can, can must contribute ultimately to a customer value proposition. So even if it seems like a, you know, even when I say it like that, oh, it might not be as simple as you be able to put your finger on it in one second, but you have to train your mind to think that way. And that's what we're talking about when we're saying be value focused, consider what you're doing from a value creating perspective. And, and again, the good news is we don't, you don't even have to worry about being so precise because the amount of waste that, that is generally in every organization is so vast that even if you're using these things as rules of thumb, you're able to at least identify things that are completely not value adding or at least very, very far removed. So you could always take it up a notch uh, and you don't have to quibble over like very fine details is exactly where I fit in the, you know, in the value production, but you certainly know if something is very, very far off. And, and that, and that comes back to when you're beginning working with these concepts, just practice with intuitive narratives. For instance, it's like the why, you know, you were just talking about that, Jonathan, this is the, when we talk about having a project, why, and we had a whole podcast on this, the why necessarily has to equate to this value creation thing we're talking about. But at, at the beginning, you just need to be asking and constantly trying to expand your vision about what you're trying to do. I have projects that I'm working on even just this week where, you know, the project sponsor is basically saying the equivalent of, I want to add this new lever here on the side of this machine. And you can ask, well, why do you want to do that? They could look at you and say, well, so that I can pull it and it does something. And you could say, okay, that's cool. Or you can say, and then you start working on it, or you can say, well, what is the, the thing? Is the thing for a customer? Did the customer ask for this thing? Is it making it easier for the customer to get what they're already getting at a lower cost or get it faster at a higher equality level? Like you just have to go one or two more questions in your own mind sometimes about connecting the dots on the, why am I doing this? What value, and then in parentheses, is being provided to the exchange? So if I'm the, if I'm the company or if I'm a representative of the company, I only make money or am successful if I can continue to delight and please customers. That's that value centricity and, part. And the most successful employees are able to see the big picture. You know, it's very easy to get caught up in being on a pet project that somebody cares about or, you know, doing something a certain way and very well because a senior person wants the work done that way or, you know, wants a whole line of activity to be occurring. And yet, if you take a step back and you look at, well, what's the per what's the bigger picture? You know, not not in just pleasing a given person or um, pleasing even a faction, but trying to be participating in the actual value creation. You could see it, and then you could think about the the lever example that that Sam just gave and said, is it just this, per this person's a righty or a lefty? You know, wants it there or whatever it is, yeah. as opposed to uh, you know, is this actually the most efficient way of doing something? Because that's ultimately the why. Yeah. And the, and the, and the why, you know, as, as mil, as what's the word I'm trying to say, as variable as project work can be and as expansive as it can be is what I'm trying to say. Like from your perspective, it can be overwhelming how complicated everything is. But at the end of the day, when you really think about value and how it translates and Jonathan, and I actually have had a lot of conversations about this over the years. I always say it does end up usually boiling down to some profitability measure. 
Like you're either reducing cost to make something, to do something, which is creating profit out of nowhere that can be shared with everybody. So you could be driving down company costs and that actually is then you could pass it on to the customer. But basically there's more abundance there. So a lot of things just boil down to cost reduction. You could be creating more with the same amount of money, which is effectively increasing productivity, increasing efficiency. Um, but, but it's all, the narrative should always go that way. You should always be able to kind of say, value in the business context is typically going to be measurable with some of those major drivers, reduction in cost, increase in quality, increase in speed or reduction in speed, depending on what you're doing. So universally, it's not that, that uh, many things you have to keep in mind. And there's a whole dimension. And, you know, when people use the term, you know, different terms relating to value, sometimes it's about, about how to increase the, the price that the, the customer is willing to pay for it. Um, and, and, you know, obviously that's directly relating to cost. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, the perception of the value of something, et cetera. We're not getting into that as much right now. We're, we're speaking a lot more to the actual activity that's sustainable because it's, it's reducing the price point of whatever it is that's being produced. Everything else is additional, but ultimately, no matter what perception you create in the market as to something's value, it's not sustainable if in fact you can't keep it at a rate that otherwise can be obtained somewhere else. So, and, and, the sustain, and the sustainability from a business context, this brings up another part of the definition that I wanted to share, which is when you're thinking about the company customer exchange, which again, is not the, it's not the all encompassing definition, but the practical, we're talking about practical context here. So you can like play with this term. Companies that like benefit in the benefit minus cost equation is not revenue. It's not the dollars and cents that you pull into the organization. It's the profit. And that is really important to internalize because what Jonathan was saying too is we're looking at sustainability as part of that value equation. And it's actually baked in because of the profit part, not the revenue part. That's why, you know, depending on how much of the stuff you, you talk about on the weekends or you talk about at work, building more revenue, we kind of know generally could be good, could be bad. And a company is always looking to generate more opportunity for profit. And that's different than revenue. Because you can know when you're generating revenue that it's not sustainable or that you're getting it through, through negative means or unsustainable means, or you're going to pay for it later. It's really when you're collecting more revenue that you know there is an opportunity to draw profit from it, either because you can continue to depress your costs or you know that your costs are under what it cre creates uh, is needed to create that revenue stream. So from the company perspective, I think it's a very important clarification and the sustainability of it is, is contingent on you generating additional profit opportunity. That's the universal benefit for companies. Companies are always sustained on profit. So your profit opportunity is kind of your one benefit, really. I mean, in my assessment that companies are always looking for. So you got to look at if you're creating or fostering that. That, that brings us uh, to a, a term that I hear all the time, value capture, you know, capturing value. And usually when, when that term is introduced, it's about optimizing your operations in such a way that you're reducing the cost, as Sam is saying, uh, to produce whatever it is that, uh, that you're producing. But the key there, you know, when, when we're speaking about value, it's absolute, you know, in the way that we're, we're using it right now. Um, but usually when people are thinking about value capture, that's speculative because a project to optimize your process 
is always speculative as to whether or not it's going to result in what you think it will. And that's how it gets into the whole thing about it could be a great idea, you know, like we let's let's try and reduce our cost, you know, for this process by 50%. That, that's wonderful if, 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 if it can happen. But as we've talked about many times, most projects don't result in any success. So all you're doing is on a speculative idea, uh, trying to optimize your process, but failing and wasting more revenue uh, and profit in, 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 in trying to do that. So value capture is a very, um, it sounds, you know, always positive, but it's speculative in nature. Yeah. When you say value capture and you're introducing some of these more colloquial terms, I know that you brought it up in the beginning of the podcast too, but for everyone who's listening, the value word is so all over the place. So I think one thing is just to bring it back to that for a second, before I continue to riff off of what Jonathan just said, it's, Whatever you hear, value capture, value drivers, let's be value-centric, let's talk about customer value. Interrogate what people are talking about. Because nine times out of 10, even if they have good intentions, this is one of those things where, you know, this is a common theme in our podcast too. Having clear operating definitions within your company, within your team, within your organization, within your market. I, I think when we talk about value, and when I say we, I mean any group, everyone needs to sit down and first say, okay, what are you referring to? Are you referring to the difference between benefits minus costs? And if so, what are the parties that we're talking about? And if you're not referring to something quite so solid or tangible, what are you referring to? If they say, well, we're talking about customer value. Okay, who's the customer? What dimension of value are we measuring? You know, a lot of it is always kind of pinning it down to something that you can get on paper and everyone can look at and say independently, okay, that makes sense. That's the definition. Well, I, th I think every time we're always speaking about two two dimensions. We're talking about the the the, uh, the the thing. So in this case, value and context. So it's toward in what orientation or in what uh, specific context are you speaking? Because are you speaking value, like an example from the your the customer's perspective as to whatever you're doing? Are you speaking about value in terms of the you know whoever ordered a project internally and wants some benefit from that? Are you thinking about, you know, even a broader context than that, you know, the value that uh, your entity brings to the universe, but you're always thinking about both. And it's very important that you're very precise. We were talking about the why in, 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 in uh, uh, earlier podcasts. It's very important that you're very precise in what context you mean, because that will help nail down everyone in terms of alignment on what's being done. Yeah. And, and that's, where when Jonathan, right before we started getting on this tangent a little bit, was talking about the value of project work. It's those two layers that he started to articulate that are extremely important to hold whenever you talk about value, which is there's the value, the perceived value of the project internally. And then when you're in a business context, you're always sorting to try to anchor that to the value proposition toward the customer from the company's perspective. And that's what you're saying from a practical anchor standpoint, if you're a company or you're some representative or you're working within a company, if you lose sight of the customer company value conversation, it will ultimately jeopardize the sustainability of whatever you're doing from the company's perspective. Because that's the only thing that makes a company work over time, which is that you're providing customer value. Now, it doesn't mean to Jonathan's point that a sponsor internally could derive a lot of personal value from running a project or having a project succeed or you, you talking about between like you're the project team an executive could be the project's customer all inside of a company that's its own scope and its own context and that has its own sort of value driving dynamics depending on how you're using the word 
and at what layer of the organization. But ultimately, if you're inside a company, I think, you know, and Jonathan, correct me if this is what you were targeting, but it's like you have to always hold both layers simultaneously and know what that word value, because I could use the word value and actually within a conversation deep inside of an organization project context, I could have used it in reference to four or five different contexts simultaneously if I'm not careful. And you you could even say um, uh, that the definition of value always has to have a customer involved. Uh, I'm saying like that that definitely is in uh, uh, a lot of methodologies that exist out there. And you could also say that it's always about money, you know, or always cost, uh, both of those things. But let's say you have a scenario where your resources are reducing a very small of the total cost because you're not thinking about the entire uh, end-to-end process. And meanwhile, because all the resources are doing that, they're not seeking some better opportunity. That's not optimal your value. You know, so you're always looking at the context of like, okay, what exactly are we proving? So even, I guess what I'm saying is even if you meet the standard of reducing a cost, it might not be, uh, depending on your context, if you're looking at the whole market or if you're looking at for the benefit of just one of your customers or something like that, 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 that makes a very big difference ultimately in terms of the total output. Yeah, that's where, again, if you reduce cost for your, cl- your client being an internal customer, they could receive value out of it. What if it raised costs, though, for the company overall to provide something they were providing to the customer? then it's a win and a loss from a value perspective. And what we're trying to say is ultimately when we tell you to search for the why and to question the value add of your efforts, try to expand your vision so that the context includes the entire company customer relationship. I think that's the practical guidance, right? Because you could, you could have a lot of confusing conversations internally and you could be, your eyes could already be cross listening to me and Jonathan talk about, well, keep the value scoped within the context and it could be multiple contexts and, and you know blah, 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 whatever we're talking about. But that's the point, which is that everything rolls up if you work in a company to that company customer conversation. So anything within that is just more and more complication, which it has its warrant. But then you're talking about, okay, who's the customer internally? And if you're in a big organization with multiple vendors and external parties inside, who is the actual customer? That's where we get back to the academic fundamentals of value, has to be measured between two people exchanging things with different benefit uh, and different cost mechanics, I think. I think we should introduce another definition, maybe potentially the final one, but value stream or value chain, because that that gives it some direction. That gives uh, like the activity that's going on. It puts the value within context, a context. The the value chain, another term that is is (laughs) thrown around a lot, in, in my definition, it is the, that always brings it back to how it's moving out from inside the company to outside the company. So if you think about what, what we're talking about and what Jonathan's bringing up with the value chain, it, it directs being directional. It's that now I'm talking about what is the value chain of a process? How is it creating value incrementally to get from once, I guess, to, it had to make the result that is ultimately the value adding the outcome that everybody wants. Now I'm kind build of the boat. circling Build, build the boats, Sam. Yeah. So, so if we're using a boat building example, which is a good one from, from, from my perspective, customer wants to buy a boat and the value actually of buying a boat could be several dimensions. The benefit could be looking cool, social status. Um, you could say a practical benefit is just being on transport, transport 
uh, oneself across water, which is, you know, the practical purpose of a boat. But no matter what you say from the internally and the company's perspective, there are multiple value adding exchanges that are happening internal to the company that get to the final boat outcome. For instance, sourcing raw materials, transforming them into usable materials, architectural design, engineering know-how, all of those applications are value adding in their own right or value to the customer. A customer would be willing to pay for all of those services separately. There's a market for it, one could intuit. But the idea that they're all put together in a sequence that creates a larger overall product, that would be representative of the value chain of that process. And I, I, I'll, I use an example of, of, um, of, of a diamond, you know, ultimately a diamond. Uh, the, the boat example is great because it has the different uh, elements that contribute to the boat. So you can see it in isolation as each thing not having value until ultimately it gets to the, to the product. But in, I'm always looking at the, the waste, you know, that potentially could be created. And so if you think of an end product of a diamond, there's a lot of steps that happen along the way. You have to survey the land, you have to um, uh, take the uncut diamond, then you have to, it gets cut and then uh, it, it could get set in a ring or something and then, it's, uh, and then it's sold. But let's say you see a process that is, you know, where somebody in the organization wants very high-end cars for all the surveyors to be driving around to their survey sites because they just love a certain car or they want all the cars to have a certain color interior. That gives you a sense of how far removed that is because everyone can kind of see, yes, I could imagine an argument for why that might be done. Maybe there's an image about the company. Maybe there's a who, who knows what. Um, but how much is that relating to the value chain that you know, Sam described that gives you a pretty good idea of how of, of exactly the kind of activity that occurs in organizations all the time. Yeah, and, in, and, and when we're talking about value chain, I was a little thrown in terms of how we led into the conversation, but anytime you're producing value for a party, if the, if the production of that value has multiple steps, you can be guaranteed that it's going to be a chain of incremental value production. That's really what the value chain, I think, is at its derivative. And to Jonathan's point, if you can, start by saying, okay, if I'm adding to value, I should be adding to the ultimate value proposition, which is creating the diamond or creating the boat. But knowing the value chain of how the company incrementally produces value to get there, it's almost like little milestones or guideposts or waypoints, I guess you'd call them along the way. So if your project is just for helping mining or helping with boat architectural structuring or boat engineering, as long as you can associate your value add to part of the value chain, then you can kind of also use that as a proxy that you're ultimately adding, contributing to customer value or company value. But that that's critical. You know, the, the, the critical component there is you can optimize, let's say, the surveying to such an extent that, you know, it's perfect for the surveyor, but it adds so much cost and, and without enough output of getting of extracting diamond that to the overall value chain, it's not uh, uh, it's it's not activity that is uh, uh, supportive of of the value creation. So, it's it's it, again it comes back to that context, being able to see the ultimate output, the ultimate goal. Because at every waypoint along the way, you could say I'm optimizing for this particular element, but without the broader context, uh, you can get yourself into a lot of wasteful activity. 
And for really large value chains, the point is, you know, you want to be making sure you're focusing on a link. And if you're not, like Jonathan's saying, if you're missing a link, then you're just out there in no man's land. I mean, you're not going to be able to contribute to a link in the chain, and you certainly won't be strengthening the overall value creation of the company. And that's where every time you miss, because you don't see the whole context, you're creating waste, which in some ways is the antithesis. Well, it is the antithesis of value creation. And that you can almost say is another way, I'll just introduce, throw that in the conversation. That's another way you can intuit what value is if you're coming at it from that way, which is the definition of waste, just is activity or energy spent with no value creation occurring. So, you know, it's a simpler one, but then again, it, it brings you back to this idea that you have to know what value is. And value is in the business context always, like we said, basically customer centric because that's what sustains profit opportunities. The customer is the only person in the company customer exchange that's going to provide you any profit opportunity. Think about it that way. So whoever your customer is, even in kind of funky industries, they're what allow a profit opportunity to exist for a business. And yes, that includes nonprofits and every type of organization. So it's kind of, you know, Jonathan and I can dance around some of these terms and contextualize them. And maybe this is where we try to do a, even go back to our lemonade stand, or if we go to both building or whatever we're doing, but it, it really is, you want to look at it as the fundamentals of value creation. You should be able to apply them universally across any business, across any context. It doesn't matter what you're doing. These fundamentals of asking yourself why, asking yourself where I am in the value chain, what is the value chain? What is the ultimate value production the company's targeting? you should always be able to answer those questions about anything you're doing at any point. And being and doing that activity within the limits of what makes sense for the ultimate objective, you know, because every, anything short of that is sub-optimizing relative to the ultimate value that's that anyone's trying to produce. And I think that's, I think being able to recognize that um, helps distinguish a lot uh, in terms of waste. Well, and that, and that last point, I think the way you said it, I know this is, this is one of Jonathan's hot buttons where people are optimizing, but it's actually sub-optimizing the whole system. I think if I, if I heard you right there, Jonathan, what you're saying is you, you could think you're creating value and you could even get a bunch of people in your direct area to say, oh yeah, this project or this person is creating a lot of value. But if you, if you decidedly ignore the value chain of the company or the ultimate value creation for customers, then it doesn't matter what you're doing, like optimizing or improving, because you're ultimately sub-optimizing the value chain. You have to be, because you can't be spending energy doing something positive that's not attached to the value chain somewhere. Like that's kind of how that works fundamentally. That's what you're saying, right? A hundred percent. And then that, and the classic example is like, think about, you know, is it good to build muscle? Okay. Yes. Maybe you could say, you know, exercise and building a muscle is good. But if you were just focusing on one bicep all the time and building and building and building, that's not good. In fact, relative to the whole body, that's very, very harmful uh, and, and, and results in a lot of waste. So depending on the aesthetic you're looking for. Well, yes, yes. So no, uh, you know what, even, even that, the context <laughs> always matters. That's a great point, Sam. The context always matters. You know, maybe if you're a tennis player, you know, although no, I think every ball study showed now that uh, balance is very important. But, uh, but either way, the, the, the key is, again, context and, and being able to uh, appreciate that and uh, as, as being a big distinguishing characteristic of, of knowing if something's helpful or wasteful to value creation. So I guess where we're at right now, I think it's an interesting point to summarize, at least from my perspective. So you'll learn with me 
value has no definition, like a lot of things we're going to talk about. I think I think when we it will, when we even talk about what is a definition, so let's just talk about that for a second. We're not going to be giving. We're not really providing you in any context. You will be able to point out the value in the room because the point of a lot of business work and process work is that. You, it's defined by the application of fundamental concepts held consistently. Let me try to articulate it that way. What we're really trying to tell you is to define value, you have to know the components that could be used to define value in any given context, and you have to apply it within that context. I don't know if that's getting even more confusing or more clear, but basically there is no definition. Like if I walked into a room, you can't say, oh, this activity that these people are doing is definitely value adding because it's value adding over here and I've seen it in other places and that means that I'm adding value if I'm doing this. Never true, never the case. You have to always be applying the fundamentals of what we're talking about. Who are the people? Who are the benefits? What are the benefits? What are, where are the costs? Where's the exchange occurring? Who is the customer? Who is the company? If you're working in the business context and then applying it in the present every time you're in a situation. And I think that's the difficult thing. The definition is going to be those components in application, basically. And, and you can make it a simple example of when you think just about, you know, you specifically, uh, you know, person listening. Um, if you don't know what the person who comes after you in a process is doing in detail and what the person before you is doing in a process in detail, but you're just really focused at optimizing whatever it is that you're doing all day long, 100% of the time you're building up waste because if you because 100% of the time when we map out processes everyone's always like oh I didn't realize you did that with the piece of paper that I gave you it would be much easier if I didn't even give it to you on paper because it's a total waste of time the way we're doing it you know or a lot of times you know I I mean it's shocking the number of times uh, entities produce things for customers and customers throw out things that people don't even realize uh, um, they're throwing out, that, that it's totally unvalued. So you could think of a report that somebody's creating and they're only just looking for one uh, in piece of information in that report and all other data they throw out. It's because there's a lack of communication there. So it's it, we're just talking about awareness uh, of, of, of context. Well, and, and this is a common theme. So I think it's worth the, philo the philosophy of we're never alone you're always connected to everything. And the more you can internalize that and the more you can constantly think with that lens, which is what am I connected to? What is this effort connected to? What is the end result? Like where can you define like an expanse, like a, like a comprehensive endpoint or vision of the entire situation you're a part of and how it impacts everything around you? It makes life a lot harder. It's certainly, you have to have a lot more accountability, but that's how you become more accurate that's how you become stronger in creating value and defining value, understanding what it is. Because if you don't have that level of vision or, or awareness or understanding, like Jonathan said, you're working in isolation. And working in isolation is always a guarantee that you're going to be sub-optimizing something because you're doing it for you. But, but in a way, to say bluntly, you don't really matter in isolation because you're always part of a greater whole. And this is where you hear people talking about whole-on theory and all sorts of other things. And nobody matters actually in an organization when you're thinking about it from what the market is purchasing, you know, so then everyone's the same. Everyone's either value adding or not value adding to whatever it is that the, the market's purchasing. And we did, a, you know, one of our podcasts was on operations and another difficult one uh, to define, but at a minimum, people know who's contributing directly day in and day out to whatever it is the market's buying. 
Think yeah. about that as the value stream and think about the, what the, 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 whatever it is that the market purchased as value, you know, and then the cost, you know, my, you know, minus the, it's, uh, uh, you know, applying the, the definition there, but just like when we spoke about operations and then talked about all this project activity that's going on, or yeah, it's always the, the project activity. Um, it's, uh, it could all be completely wasteful because it's all potentially either speculative to improve the operation or the value stream, or it's uh, an idea to figure out how to increase revenue and maybe add a new service line or who knows, you know, something along those lines. Um, but all of it potentially is not value adding. And so, you know, we're, we're just looking at big ideas because I mean, we're talking about like 5% of, of, of an entity is, is contributing value or, you know, the high statistics on projects that fail, et cetera. It's, it is because of the loss of this idea about the, the why, the value why of anything that's going on in an organization. You know, again, think about pet projects that people spin up or politics or pleasing people, but not looking at it from a, from a broader context. So another reason why it's just really important to understand value. And value stream, I think you introduced that. It's value. When we talk about value stream, we're talking about value chain interchangeably in this context, I think, right? So these are other popular words for value, but I just wanted to throw that out there since we're, we're being super <laughs> careful about laser sharp definitions because there, there's a ton of them. Value stream also, we were talking about this recently also, with the, you know, it, it may be used differently in different contexts, but know that if you kind of keep your fundamentals tight, the value chain is creating a stream of value flow towards the customer. That's where that, that etymology, I think, comes from. But again, to the point of just exactly what Jonathan was saying, even if you can just hold close to project impacts, operation impacts customers, like I think that is sort of a theme that's coming out of a lot of our podcasts or we're developing it actually over the last few months. That is going to help be a compass for you to not get lost. So value creation, that's the chain that it's always going to follow when you start with project work. It has to link to an operation, has to link to a customer outcome. No question. And that's and and even if you just force whoever is asking for additional activity to define that for you. So forget about what yes. you don't have to come to them and say this is the definition of value and that's not value and whatever. We're not suggesting that at all. The, the purpose of of us giving definitions or working through them with you is definitely not so that you could throw them around as some sort of sword or use it as a shield to not do activity. It's more because understanding it enables you and empowers you to ask better questions or to force other people to align their activity in a way that makes more sense. So if somebody says, you know, use my example of getting high-end cars for the surveyors and nothing wrong, you know, I mean, surveyors should have nice cars, you know, I don't want to uh, um, already alienate a, a group of our listeners, but uh, it, you know intuitively that if you get too far and if everyone in the company is focused on how to get better cars for the surveyors and the output's diamond, you, you know that you, you've gone pretty far from uh, however you define value and value stream and value chain, you know that you've gone pretty far from it. And that's the key. Right. And if you follow our kind of project to operation to customer value logic, this is the buying do the, the upgrading the car project is okay we need to upgrade the cars to get better diamonds to get diamonds faster like you always have to keep that narrative in alignment because if you like jonathan's saying if you just the project is just get better cars and your job is to help get better cars better cars against what 
if you're yeah. interviewing the surveyor and the surveyor souping up the car to no end, you could succeed in getting the best car on the planet for them. But if it actually then ends up passing on additional costs in acquiring diamonds and giving them to customers, that's yeah, and, unsustainable. And, and on the flip side, even if your project was about how to get how to spend less money on cars, you know, your object object was to reduce costs for for cars, you know, uh, as part of that one part of the process. If all the energy of the entity is focused on that project or focused on that work, and the amount that you could capture, the value capture, you know, to use the term as as it's usually used out there, um, is is you know pennies on the dollar versus your end-to-end -end process, which th there might be much bigger opportunities or more important opportunities to uh, engage in activity, it's still ultimately not uh, a helpful activity. It's better, you know, that you're, you're at least aligned to reducing the cost, you know, for the end-to-end -end process, but all because it seems super important to you doesn't mean that that's really important to an ultimate objective. Yeah. And it's always just tracing it all the way. It's just all the way going all the way through. I mean, I, we can't under, overemphasize that. And that's why with this example with the car, it's just, if you just change one question to whether you're like, you're like Jonathan just saying, if you're trying to reduce cost or you're trying to make an investment, but either way, when you're talking to the operators or the surveyors themselves, it's not asking, what do you want? It's asking, why do you want it? It's how is that going to help you do your operation better, faster, cheaper? ultimately, like, again, some universal drivers of, of more profit opportunity. And that could be increasing cost. It could be reducing cost of the project in terms of the project outcome. They're never related. That's the whole point. All these things are going to go up and down, up and down. There's never a universal, this would be good, this would be bad, unless it's contextualized. And that's our challenge in business and in, and in life, I would say, in general. But you've got to know that it's not sufficient to just take the orders without the interrogation. I think that's a lot of the the value finding whether you're adding value is about again asking the questions expanding your vision and sometimes you don't even need to ask the the questions you could tell what why does my organization exist what's the purpose of my organization i'm not talking about a mission statement necessarily I'm just talking about like what's the output to the market that, uh, that that there's a pull for and i think if you just understand that and understand your relationship to that answer you have a pretty good idea about value within your organization. And you may be surprised how difficult it is for your colleagues or managers to answer that question, which is exactly why it's the right question to be asking. If you Fair go enough. around and ask, you know, what is our, what is our value to customers and somebody can't answer that right off the cuff, you already know that you're ans answering the right question. And until you can answer that, there's really not a lot of purpose for you doing much of anything else, honestly. I know that sounds a little extreme, but I mean, if you can't answer that question, then you got you you can basically guarantee you're just meandering around with your activity, and it's probably not helping the company if that can't somebody can't answer that for you. I think that's a good place to to end this topic uh, for today. I know a lot more. It was more businessy and 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 uh, more specific, but I think uh, once we finish covering a few basic definitions that uh, impact. Uh, greatly on the, the things that we're talking about. Uh, we, we won't have to get too much into definitions again. Yeah, and I'll end with a comment after Jonathan just had a very nice uh, gilded apology for being boring, talking about value for this entire session. But it, it's super critical. I just, I just know that, you know, 
in an hour, two hours or five hours, we wouldn't really be able to tease out the mechanics to help you be like an expert in discerning value or qualifying it everywhere. But I think what you, I would, I would love for you to really take away is that it's a complicated topic, but it's super central and fundamental to doing a good job at work and being able to communicate the purpose and the why behind your inputs and behind the project, behind the company, behind anything really. So if anything you take away is if you're a little bit confused and a little intimidated, or this was hard to follow or hard to stay engaged with, it's because this is an extremely expansive and complicated topic. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it more in discussions to come in various ways, but hopefully this gives you some basis of, of, you know, something that everyone has their finger on, but it's kind of a fuzzy target. And with that, we hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you next week.